Welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I'm Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about saying yes and saying no. Um, how do you decide what to do? Uh, this is a little bit of a follow-up to the, the Pacing Podcast. Um, a lot of us are inclined to say yes to just about any opportunity and always looking to advance our careers um, and our art and open up new pathways. So how do you keep your calendar clear enough to stay focused and do your best work? Um, so with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. We did uh, write a previous podcast about pacing and our inclination to say yes to everything and then possibly become overloaded because we have this so many things that we're trying to do. And how do you meet your own personal needs to do your work, to keep your energy up, to keep your state of mind good? And it's it's a balancing act. And I want today to give you a few things to think about when you get those emails or phone calls and you're looking at something and wondering, should I do this? And this happens at all stages of of your career. And at all stages, you go through the same kind of process of, is it worthwhile? What can you say no to that won't hurt your path, your good trajectory? You're on a roll. You have, you have plans. You have goals. And and things are coming at you. And what what is smart to say yes to and what is smart to say no to? And throughout this, I think there there's an attitude to sort of keep in mind that you are probably going to make mistakes with this stuff. <laughs> it's it's part of part of learning. We've all made poor decisions as well as good ones, and a lot of it is just simply guesswork. So if you have said yes to something, it turns out to be some sort of disaster <laughs> or just a big waste of time or money. Uh, you know, don't beat yourself up because this is unknown territory. And I think that artists and other entrepreneurs probably encounter a lot more of these decisions than a lot of people do. If you're on a pretty straightforward career path in some other profession, it's it's a different situation. I think you don't always have people coming up, uh, calling you or emailing you and saying, do this, do that, because you're in a different structure. It's more set out. And so as artists, I think we, we need to learn to sort through this stuff. A lot of opportunities that may not really be that great, they're, um, they sound good. But the way they're presented is quite convincing, and they're they're really presented as sales pitches, right? You want this. I want you to want this thing. And this might be being part of a one of these publications where you have to pay to be in it or something else where you're having to front some money. And, you know, when you think about if if you're in the market for something and you get a sales pitch from someone, if you want if the thing is important to you and you want the thing, uh, then it's fine to listen and to to engage. If it's something you didn't really ever think you wanted and suddenly it's in your face, I think it's good to be a bit skeptical of that. Um, and I think it's also good to be skeptical in terms of 
um, is a person really being honest? Are they really telling you everything that you need to know? Again, a sort of a dishonest sales pitch would leave out stuff that you might want or need to know before you made a commitment. So kind of looking at some of these things anyway in those in the in those terms is a good I think it's kind of a good stand to take. It doesn't hold true for everything. I and mean, there's going to be things that are so clearly wonderful. It's just like everything's right. This is good. <laughs> but I'm talking about more of the sort of borderline things. So so some things to ask yourself when when somebody presents you with an idea, first of all, is it a legitimate situation? And we we did a previous podcast about scams and schemes, which are absolutely rife in the art world. <laughs> um, and so we kind of covered those. The basic gist of that was avoiding situations in which you have to pay to play, except there there are exceptions to that. I mean, co-op galleries, certain art fairs, you you have to put some money up to participate. But there's an awful lot of schemes out there where you you pay to be in some publication or for some sort of uh, a wall in a gallery or something like that for a short period of time. And so doing a little homework there to see what other people think about this particular setup is is a good thing. Um and the term exposure is very often the carrot that gets dangled in in one form or another in front of an artist. And saying, oh, but, you know, this is absolutely worth it because your work will be exposed. People are going to see it. And so I think a question there is to ask, does this opportunity actually allow your work to stand out in, in some way? Is it, are you just going to be lost in a crowd in a big group show or something like that? Um, a lot of these publications and art fairs will have so many artists involved. Is there any, is there any spotlight going to be shown on you and your work for what you're investing in it? And is there something unique and good about this particular situation, which there may well be? So whenever you hear that word exposure, it's good to really examine exactly what, what is the exposure? Sometimes they'll say, Oh, we're going to send this book out to 20,000 galleries or something. Well, I think at this point, there's a lot of galleries that are getting catalogs and books all the time that they may or may not even look at. You know, it's, um, they're understanding that there's kind of a glut in the art world. And so trying to find things where you're not one of a crowd is, is a nice thing. Um, well, an exposure in today's world should cost you little or nothing. Um, you know, depending on the circumstances, if somebody's asking you to shell out a whole bunch of money for exposure, it's probably not a good idea. Um, it's not like a good investment to make. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if some, if, if somebody says, you know, would you like to be on my podcast, then that's probably pretty good exposure and you're not going to pay anything for it. Right. Um, and if, you know, somebody says, Hey, how would you like to have your own podcast? You know, you, you may have to spend a couple hundred bucks on some equipment, but you know, it's not going to cost you a whole lot. Um, but, uh, these are, these things are kind of new technologies. And a lot of times it's hard to tell what's worth your time, especially if you're not familiar with the medium. Yeah. And I mean, in, in, in old school exposure, something like a magazine article, newspaper article, 
mean, those are great. It's, it's all about you, right? Um, anything where it's, where you're, you're the one, you know, <laughs> because you, like you said, it's hard to, to get legitimate forms of exposure when that's, when that's the only thing that's being offered to you. And especially if it's at a cost. I think most legitimate forms of exposure are not at a cost just because somebody's interested in your work and they want to help get you out there. Then it's, um, it, they, they want something from you, which is you and you want something from them, which is their exposure of you. <laughs> but it's like everybody's happy. But if, if they're exploiting you for your money, you can be pretty sure that you're going to be one of many people that they're aiming this at. And so it probably won't. Well, be and a lot effective. of times, a lot of times what they're asking you for is like your time or for you to donate some artwork. And you need to recognize that when you're doing that, you're really, you need to, you need to consider the cost of your time and the cost of that artwork. Mm-hmm. What is the opportunity cost? If that, if you sold that artwork, what would it be worth? And that's really what you're donating. So, right. you know, everything has a cost. Right. Uh, requests for donations often use exposure as the hook. And I think it's absolutely fine to participate if you support the cause and something you believe in. And, and, but you know that you are actually donating something of worth and, and you're fine with that. That's, that's fine. There's also some charity donations or charity auctions now that pay the artist uh, at least a a portion of what is paid for the artwork. So kind of find out what, what the deal is if you're asked to donate. Um, another thing to look at, uh, are there other aspects of, of some opportunity or offer that, that really sound good, but when you look at it closely, may not add up to very much. And one of these that I've encountered with friends of mine is, they're invited to participate in something in New York City. And this happened to me a long time ago, too. Well, the very words uh, show in New York City are like, oh, this is it. You know, this is so fabulous. And I think <laughs> you can really just kind of go off the rails there because and you think, oh, this is going to look so good on my resume. Well, first of all, again, check out the actual location and legitimacy of whatever the situation is. And don't be too fixated on that line on the resume, because if there's not substance behind that line that you can use for your benefit, then, you know, it really isn't that useful. Unless you can talk about this in a way that that's true and, and adds up to something. And what I mean by that really is there, there's a lot of places in New York that aren't really regarded as legitimate showing spaces. They're not recognized really by the rest of the art world. And so putting yourself out to to be in one of those places probably isn't really worth it. Again, you know, if it it's a personal decision and to be able to go to New York and see your work in a gallery may be worth a lot to you personally. And but you just have to weigh it all out and be pretty objective about it. Another thing that might cause you to say no to an opportunity is that it's going to be really, really time consuming. And that's pretty hard to know ahead of time, right? <laughs> I find it. So um I, I guess kind of a good rule is it's like when you get something done in your house and 
you always have to figure it's going to take at least twice as long as what you think it's going to take to put in a new bathroom or whatever it is. If you suspect it's going to take a lot of time, it probably will. Um, and I think just being, just trying to be very realistic about the amount of time and be wary of people trying to convince you by saying, oh, it'll be actually really simple and easy or something. Probably not. <laughs> if it's like, a- oh, this is only going to be an hour a week that you spend recording this podcast. <laughs> Good example. Yeah, mom, this will be like really easy every week. <laughs> you can fit it right into your schedule. No problem. <laughs> um, and, and the person trying to convince you may well believe it themselves. You know, I mean, if it's something you haven't done before, you really don't know. And I guess as long as you're okay with saying, well, let's try it. Um, let's see how it goes. It's fine. Well, and things like the podcast or like your your recent uh, video that you produced, um, you know, I, to use those as an example, um, you know, a lot of times when you do have a, a you know something that you want to do, an opportunity, um, if you really knew what you were getting into, you'd never do it. <laughs> you know, you'd, you if you really knew how much work this was going to be, um, you'd never do it. But the upside potential can be also something where you never would have expected it to do as well as as it has been yeah um, that's, going into it that's a really good point i think all of this stuff involves some risk taking and sometimes it turns out so well and you're so happy about it and you don't care that it's taken a lot of time to the two cases in point that you just mentioned i mean they're just exciting projects and and they're they're new i mean something new you don't know what's involved new to you um so I guess, you know, if, if something comes along, I guess basically figure it probably will take more time than it seems like because you don't really know what's involved. But if you sense that it could also be really good for you, then go for it, you know, because if people never took risks, they wouldn't get anywhere. Um, right. And I mean, the reward can be other things than financial. Um, you know, we don't really make money at this podcast, but we I think we really enjoy producing it. Right. Um, and it, it gives us an opportunity to kind of hang out every week and, uh, you know, include the listener in that. Yeah. And it's uh, so there, there, there are things that you can gain beyond financial and advancement of your art career. Absolutely. Um, although I, you know, this, the, I think that the podcast is kind of legitimate exposure, um, you know, and it's, uh, it's taken a lot of work and I don't know if it's really quantifiable in terms of how it's affected your exposure or your career. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's, it's not nothing, you know, so. Right, right. So, yeah, it's kind of taking a wide view, like um, may not make money, but it's going to be good. And and I, I've accepted opportunities like that um, sometimes in the teaching world um, where I just I just want the opportunity to be in a certain place or something. Uh, so, yeah, this is not always about money. That's absolutely for sure. Um but speaking of money, one of the things when you when you encounter an opportunity is to think about the, what the costs are if if that's a consideration. Um, let's say let's say the example of a juried show. There's lots of opportunities to enter juried shows. Um, it's it's a really good career starter, and I totally support being in juried shows. But understand going into it that it's costly because you have to pay 
a fee to enter. And then if you get in, you've got, you've got to almost always pay for the shipping. And if there's framing or something involved. And so looking at individual jury shows and thinking, is there a possibility that something else will come of this? You kind of know. I mean, I, I kind of like to look at things like, what do I know about this? I know that I'm going to be in a juried show. That's all I really know. I don't know if I'm going to sell the work. I don't know if there's going to be other opportunities that come of it. So do I accept that bottom line? Do I accept that that may be all it is? If I do, great, go for it. If I'm pinning a lot of hopes on something evolving out of it, then, you know, you got to just kind of question that a little bit and say, uh, can I accept it if these things don't happen? Is it still worth it to me? So it's kind of another just kind of evaluating what you're getting into. Um, another thing to look at, I'd say, is the, the quality of the opportunity. And, and by that, I mean, is it something in which you feel, which you feel will be respectful of your work and your experience? Will it add to what you're trying to build for yourself. And I bring that up because I personally have been approached by some galleries that when I, commercial galleries, when I looked them up online, I thought, mm, that is not really something I want to be involved in. The quality of the work isn't very good or the location is poor or something else. And so it's off brand for Rebecca Kroll. What's that? I said it's off-brand for Rebecca Kroll. <laughs> off-brand. You get a sense of where you're at and how you want people to think of you. I guess that is your brand. And if something is, yeah, it's like not quite there, it's okay to say no. <laughs> um, it's also okay to back out of things, I think, most of the time. If you, if you start being treated with disrespect. If something starts to happen that you're not happy with, you're not getting paid or you're not, something's going wrong. It is, you're not committed. You may lose something. You may lose some money or whatever. But I think a lot of us have been in situations where it's starting to go south. You know, it's like, okay, I no longer want to be involved in this. Um, so you, you do usually have an escape route. Let's put it that way. But looking at it up front, does it seem like a good situation in that way. And I think, I think a big one too is we've talked about setting goals and having intentions and plans for what you're doing. Does this particular opportunity you're looking at, no matter what it is, does it fit in with that? Does it somehow seem like it has a place in what you're trying to do? Or does it seem way off to the side? Um, so just trying to keep that focus on, on what you want and, and your, in terms of your goals and your career. So like, um, for example, if you, if your big goal is you want to be in commercial galleries, you want to sell your work, then, um, building your resume for a while with juried shows and art centers and so on is really good. But you don't need to keep doing that for years and years. If you're starting to reach the goal of, becoming involved in galleries that are really selling your work, you can let that other stuff go. It, it's no longer part of your trajectory, I guess you might say. And so kind of cutting back then on those kind of things that are probably more demanding financially and not producing the kind of effects that you want. 
kind of recognizing when a stage of your career has kind of served its purpose, but it's over. So um, that might also include, say, teach if you're a workshop teacher, teaching in places that uh, don't pay very much or showing in places, community art centers or wherever, where you have to do a whole lot of work for publicity and so on. You just sort of recognize when you're, when you are on track with your goals, when you're sort of moving past these things. And then when those opportunities come up and they will continue to come up because that's, you're in that world, but you're moving out of that world a little bit. So you continue to get requests for the kind of things that you sort of are moving past. And I think just kind of recognizing that is good. Um, and avoid sort of stepping down. <laughs> like, uh, if you're not sure a new gallery is, is quite on the path, on the goal. So I think over time, all that stuff is just kind of, it's a gut response. You kind of know it, you sort of know it right away within the first five cents of an email that, I don't know, I don't think so. Um, well, and if you ever have kind of a question about whether this is something that's right for you or not, um, I would say probably just consider, um, you know, especially with art where inventory is something that, um, you know, the same painting can't go to two different places. So uh -huh. really consider what artwork are you sending them and how much are you sending them? Yeah. And how difficult is it going to be to get it back if this isn't working out? No, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I personally have... I mean, it's a lot easier to take a risk on somebody that's kind of driving distance from your house. <laughs> you can just go pick up your artwork. That is so true. I, right now, have artwork in galleries that is going to be very hard to retrieve <laughs> just logistically. And at the time I thought, oh, great. They want my artwork, but not easy to get it back. And so that's kind of the big picture. That's the long picture that is good to have that. Um, when you're looking at anything logistically, what are the logistics involved here? <laughs> and it's so easy to get excited and, yeah, I want to do this, and then take a step back and really look at it. And if it still looks good, go for it, and good for you. Um, so I think I think there's some, you know, some reasons to say yes wholeheartedly to things. And basically, when you have the opportunity to do something with someone or some venue that is a legitimate and respected place and that you're excited about working with. That is absolutely, you know, give it a 10 and go for it. Um, also, when the benefits of doing this thing are things that you can pretty much point to beyond exposure, okay? <laughs> you know, there's something beyond a line on a resume or, or something that's may or may not actually be worthwhile. And if you know that there's going to be, uh, even if you have a show at a gallery, do you know that the gallery is going to want to continue to represent you? That would be a very big plus. Maybe you're invited into a group show and they say, well, we'd like to keep some of your work afterwards. Uh, maybe there's an artist talk and it gives you an opportunity to connect with people. So things that you can really point to and say yes. Um, and that you've, you've looked at the whole situation and been objective about it and evaluated it and you're you're feeling good about it other artists are often a good a good validation source if you thinking about a gallery uh look at the roster of artists if there's anyone you know contact them and ask them what they think about it and if you don't know anyone um 
possibly connect with them through social media. Most artists are fine with telling you basic things like, yes, their business practices are good or something. (laughs) You don't want to have to engage them in gossip or anything, but just are there any red flags with this? Um, well, and, and with any opportunity, um, it's a, it's actually, it's a really good idea, especially if you have a friend that you can sit down with in person, um, or, or even over the phone and just describe it to them. Um, you know, a lot of times when something only exists kind of in your head or through an email exchange or something, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's just, it's hard to really catch those red flags. Mm-hmm. And if you have to explain it to somebody else, um, <laughs> you know, suddenly that you end up hearing the own words coming out of your, <laughs> out of your mouth and thinking, yeah, nah, this doesn't actually sound very good. You know, right. this you actually, like there's, tr- there's some kind of suspicious things about this circumstance or, <laughs> right. you know, there's, there's something a little bit off about this whole thing, or I'm just getting a bad feeling about it. Just, um, you know, yeah. something about the, as soon as words become vibrations in the air, they, <laughs> and they enter your ears, it's like a different way of, interpreting the information yeah. and sometimes things will jump out at you um it's kind of like in the writing one when i was talking about you should read your work out loud it's the same thing you know if you have a plan state it out loud to somebody else and and see if it actually sounds right you know it may it may be that as soon as you describe it to somebody else you're like never mind that's a crazy thing to do like this is <laughs> this makes no sense right when if you feel like you're trying to justify something that well, really, really, this is good, you know. <laughs> At the same time, oh, maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so, yeah, and 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 especially people that are really going to basically, you know, they're a supportive person for you. But sometimes you tell somebody the something, and they're they're not all they're not very positive people or whatever it is. And they might go, "Oh, are you kidding? You don't want to do that." Um, I, an example from my own life, which is really quite funny, is many years ago, I was talking to this guy about a workshop. He's Irish, and he said um, he uh, he would, he wanted to come to the U.S., but it wasn't working out for family reasons, et cetera. So then he said, I, I actually have this vacation villa on this beautiful island, and would you um, – and your husband like to come and and stay in my villa and you can give me a private lesson. And I'm like, really? And it was, it was one of these things that was almost too good to be true. Right. And so, um, but when I, and, and we, I mean, we, Don and I talked it over. We said, what, what have we got to lose? Except we were buying the plane ticket. What have we got to use lose except a plane ticket? Um, and so, but when I told friends about this, they're like, Rebecca, what are you getting into? This is crazy. And, you know, I did a little background on the guy. He seemed absolutely legitimate. The upshot of it all is this man is now my agent in Europe and the UK. And, I mean, he's a wonderful person. But if I'd listened to those naysayers and, like, you can't just go running off to some island, you know. (laughs) And believe me, I think most of my friends had the same reaction, whether they actually said it out loud or not. So sometimes you just do it because it feels right and you just feel like, hey, I just have a good feeling about this. And sometimes, like you say, you start talking about it out loud and you realize, no, maybe it's not a good idea. Um, 
So well, and I think that the fact that he was like, "Bring your husband" is like a pretty like <laughs> that's true. comforting thing. You know? That's true. <laughs> like, I I knew he had no evil designs on me. So, um, yeah, it just I I thought what what is wrong with this plan? There's nothing wrong with this plan, and it turned out to be an amazing experience. So, um, anyway, I guess we're always like I said at the very beginning of this podcast. You're, you're presented with things. Some of it is going to be guesswork. Some of it is going to be gut feeling, intuition. Sometimes it might not be good. And you're in it. You are in a profession where you're going to have to make a lot of decisions and they won't always be the right ones. And I right. think that's just, it's another, it's another thing where you really have to maintain that positive mindset. Um, you know, if you have kind of a negative outlook, it's very easy to to not notice opportunities that are right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and it's I, for people who are looking for opportunities, they tend to present themselves. Um, if you're if you're not open to opportunities, then it's easy to miss them. And I mean, I see this in friends of mine and in other people all the time, you know, where it's like they have this amazing opportunity right in front of them and they have for, they just come up with reasons not to do it, you know? Uh And I think that really you got to kind of like look at the risk reward, you know, like you did with that seemingly implausible opportunity to go to this like island and teach this guy in a private workshop, you know, it's like, okay, what, what's, what am I risking here? What's the reward, mm-hmm. you know, and understand that, that sometimes things seem implausible, but if you jump on them, they're amazing opportunities. And I mean, this happens all the time in social settings. You, you, you may be at a, uh, an opening or something and meet somebody who is, you know, the connection that you need to break into a certain niche, you know, or something like that. And, and if you're open to the opportunity and if you're, if you're looking for it, then it presents itself. And if you're not, you know, maybe that opportunity just passes you by and you, you don't even know it. Right. Um, It it was there all along, but you weren't open to seeing it. Right, right. So it's, I mean, we've talked a lot about like, oh, kind of avoiding, you know, things that are too good to be true or scams or whatever. But I think it's really important that that you have an openness to opportunities Mm -hmm. because they they are there for everyone. And we tend to interpret people who who sees these opportunities as just being lucky, you know, like, oh, they just, you know, they got all the breaks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, is that there's opportunity all around you. There, you know, there's there's all kinds of of means to get there, and uh, if you're looking for it, you will find it. Yeah. Um. It's it's not even a question, you know. And and if you, I mean, I see this like I say in in friends and in people I know. You know, I'll be kind of I'll know what they want, you know, and I'll kind of be like keeping an eye out for opportunities for them, and I'll tell them about them. And they'll just kind of like shrug their shoulders and be like, oh, <laughs> nah, that's not, you know, like they don't, they don't jump on it. Uh-huh, immediately and seeing reasons that, not to. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if you, if there is an opportunity, go for it, yeah. you know, don't sit around because that it'll pass you by. And yeah. if you're not looking for it, you're never going to see it. And I think in it's, the first place. it's interesting if you talk to people who are successful in whatever field, I think a lot of people have stories of kind of what you're talking about where something came along and they 
they just seized on it and they could have let it go or they could have talked themselves out of it. And, you know, it, it's, it's a balance. You have to be realistic, but it's also what exactly what you're saying too, because like I said, when, when you look at people's life stories, it often was something that came along that kind of shook them up and, and let them see a different way of, of doing things and change their course in some good way that they, they would not have predicted or, or manufactured that for themselves somehow other than just being open to it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I, I hope everybody listening has, opportunities that they're they're going for and recognizing ones that may be absolutely legitimate and great um and as well as being a little cautious when necessary (laughs) because there there are there are traps and scams and schemes out there for sure well that about wraps up this episode of the messy studio you can find the messy studio on facebook as well as public profiles for both rebecca kroll and myself ross tickner please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space. Messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>